Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right, so welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 122 of the show today. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living life, doing what we want to do instead of what we might think we have to do. So today I really wanted to, uh, today I'm really pumped up because I have on Galliano Terramani from Boxable, co-founder. And so for those of you that don't know what that is out there, this gentleman's going to be able to explain it a lot better than I am. But Basically, you're looking at houses being manufactured, like how we make everything else, essentially, except for what we do with houses right now. And the reason why I'm talking about this in this space today is because we usually talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, musicians, all these people who are going after their stuff that they want to do, Galliano. And the biggest thing that I see in their way of doing that isn't so much their drive or their ambition. It's usually their overhead costs, their cost of living, their lifestyle that stops them from doing things. And here the solution comes out. I saw this from a friend of mine that found your your stuff through Boxable being like, this is what I'm considering basically because I'm trying to start a business and this would help me live. You know, So welcome, Galliano. Thank you for being on here, man. I know that you're right in the middle of a, a factory getting up and running and these things coming to life. So Thank you for being here today, man. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, as you said, my name is Galliano Tiramani, and I'm one of the founders of Boxable. We are trying to mass manufacture housing uh, in a way that hasn't really ever been done before. One of the cool things people notice about the product right away is that the house actually folds up so that it can ship uh, in, a, in a shippable dimension. So if you want to take a quick look at that, you'll see it on boxable.com, B-O-X-A-B-L. Dot com and uh, yeah, happy to, to talk about you know entrepreneurship and and all these other things. Yeah, because I think it's like multiple different things where like I'm sure that you have a very cool story of how all this happened for you, man. And then there's a lot to obviously the thing that you're bringing to market here is a solution for letting other entrepreneurs and other creatives live. I think with cost of living, so uh, there's a lot for you to uh, share here. I guess like. What, I know that you just said briefly, like what, what Boxable is, but like what what made this happen for you guys? I know you started 2017. Now we have the factory going now. Like this is happening now. How did this happen? How did Boxable get to be here? And and what really made this idea for you? What drove you to this? Uh, well, we started uh, working on this back in 2017. Uh, I was actually living in another place, working on another project, and started working on this on the side. And uh, it just kind of got better and better as we went forward and did more, you know, research and testing and, and engineering. And uh, we got more and more traction, and uh, eventually realized, oh, this is this is kind of a big deal. So at that point, I just totally bailed out on my uh, other project and. Uh, moved to Vegas, uh, where we where we're now setting up this big uh, factory. So it's it's been a wild ride with lots of different uh, ups and downs, and uh, we've been lucky enough to get some serious traction, and and uh, things are moving really quick for us now. I bet. 
what like what initially because i i know that like right now i would say i'm not basing this off of any numbers this is just my vibe like working in the market but right now i'd say that we're probably in the worst housing crisis that we've been in the u.s for at least my lifetime I've seen like the trends over the years of like you have people going into, you know, RV life or van life or tiny houses and all of these things like that. So I've seen kind of this drive of like, hey, we're not getting what we want from the market or we're not getting what we need for affordability factor or lifestyle. Were these some of the things that were driving you towards this solution and creation or like what what sparked this idea of like, hey, this isn't there yet. Like well, this this isn't in the market. We have to create this. So it started when uh, the other founder, Paolo, actually built a, built a house and he just experienced all the problems related to building construction and all the frictions. And uh, he did modular construction and noticed the, the shipping issue and uh, thought, you know, there has to be a better way. So uh, the first thing we needed to make anything else possible was to fix that shipping solution, because if you can't ship it, then just don't build it in factory, build it on site as you normally would. And that's why things are like that. But Right. By, by making it shippable, we can now apply all of these factory assembly line efficiencies to the housing. And that puts us uh, you know, into a really good position to hopefully disrupt a, a massive market that's very old school and bring it into the, the modern era of manufacturing. So we, uh, as we developed the product, we actually started out with just a regular housing system, larger housing system, and then eventually decided to go for the smaller casita model as a way to start. So that is a 20 foot by 20 foot right. uh, room module with a kitchen, bathroom, bed, and a couch. That was a good move for us because it's just really trendy and popular now, as you said, and people are really interested in tiny house stuff. So that allowed us to get some traction on social media and, and some interest. And then we leveraged that to kind of get where we are today and, and, that is, uh, I'm sitting right now in a, in a 170,000 foot factory that we just finished setting up and, and moved into last week. Heck yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I think that uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Like when, I guess, when are these, I know that you have a large pre-order basis for the Casita and you're seeing them start to come out now. You're getting this factory going. When are you expecting some of these to be out and about, you think? I'm sure that that will stir the pot even more when people start driving by this thing and they're seeing this thing and they're like, what in the heck is that? That's going to stir it up even more. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the press we're getting is going to continue to accelerate. We are just turning on the factory now. So maybe in a couple of months, the first house will come off the line and then things will kind of just get faster and faster from there until we hit our maximum output that we think we can hit in this building, which is uh, about 3,600 houses per year. So it's, it's about one house every, every 90 minutes or so. Uh, wow. That's what we're hoping to achieve. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a uh, big, big upside here, big, big potential uh, to hopefully dramatically reduce housing costs. Right. Exactly. That's what we need, man. Uh, that's what people need to be able to do what they want to do. What do you think, uh, like now, like you and Paulo working through developing this because you saw like, hey, these are the things that this is why this is needed. What do you think prevented people from doing this in the past? Do you think it was a tech or do you think people were just staying old school because they're like, this is the way that it's always been. So this is the way we're going to do it. Why, why haven't, hasn't this thing been created? It makes like total sense in my mind. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Certainly, factory built housing does exist, but it's never really gained market share. So, still, the bulk yeah. of housing is built on sites. Uh, factory built housing has, has kind of failed. And, and if it hadn't failed, then all houses would be built like that on an assembly line, just like all other products are built on an assembly line. Maybe no one else had, had a, a good enough solution for the shipping problem. Certainly, we have the best solution out there for that shipping problem. But it's, it's a no brainer that. You know, these manufacturing principles of, of automation and mass production exist for other products like, you know, uh, notably uh, automobiles. That stuff is uh, totally crazy and amazing. If you ever search on YouTube, an automobile factory, but housing, housing, they're not even close to that. So I don't know why they haven't done that. It's such a big problem. We'll do it. I was going to say, uh, even like the Toyota manufacturing, like that lean manufacturing principle is being brought to business. Like it's obviously a functioning way to work right now. So that not being in housing is kind of crazy. I, I saw like a YouTube video of you speaking on it and you were talking about like, think about an automobile. It's like you wouldn't buy a Tesla or whatever and have it so that all the parts come to your driveway and then they start welding and putting these things together in your driveway. You would think that it was the most ridiculous thing, but that's how we make houses right now is people bring all yep. this stuff there on site and then do that. So. Exactly. Exactly. Incredibly inefficient. And as a result, housing is not available, very expensive, uh, poor quality. There, It's all a big fractured market. There's all different people building different stuff all over the place. And it's just a big mess. So hopefully we can create a system that, that makes it all more standardized. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is what you believe in, Galliano, and this is what Boxable is about. Do you see, like, in terms of the industry, do you have, like, a a pulse on that and feel that this really is the start of what we're most likely going to be moving to in many other capacities as well in when it comes to buildings and things like that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different people working on solutions. Uh, hopefully ours is the one that kind of wins that race, but certainly uh, things are changing. I mean, just like labor issues are one thing you're not, you're not finding a lot of young people that want to go into like trades or, or construction anymore. So, so that's getting slimmer and slimmer. And um, as other things advance, uh, hopefully a solution will come out that that works. You know, I, I think it's ours, but uh, there's big changes coming for uh, building construction technology in the next you know decade or so. Right. And I saw like, obviously through the website, when you're looking at the future of Boxable, like the first thing that you were, addressing makes perfect sense to come out with the casita. You have this accessory dwelling unit that there's a lot of states that are opening up because of this housing issue saying like, hey, we're finally going to allow your tiny house or your boxable or your whatever. We're finally going to allow this to happen because we need you to have this happen because we don't have enough places for people to live in these areas. So that makes a lot of sense to come out that way. But I saw that you have plans for so many of these other functions for the technology of you know, disaster relief. This is something that you can fold out really quickly to be able to make shelter that's really resistant to things. So what are some of the ideas that you have for the future of what this can be? I saw even larger structures on there, a more customizable add-on, like potted units in some way. Yeah. What we're creating is a building system where different size modules will be able to stack and connect to build any building type anywhere on the planet. So it's a pretty big vision and, you know, just so many different use cases for a system like that, where you just have these, these different size room modules, uh, which are, you know, uh, 
d- delivered with a very, you know, uh, advanced level of, of finish. So like, you know, they're mostly done. Uh, and that's going to save for builders months and months and months of time, lots of money, lots of headaches, dealing with all these subcontractors and everything. And, and we think they're just going to, they're going to love it and they're going to switch over to our system, hopefully. Right. And it has the ability to basically become all of these different structures that we have past the casita for that use. There's all of this use use with this system and technology that you put in place that could be replicated easily. Yep. Do you think that this is going to like this type of housing? I saw like I was watching a show the other day about these people out in like Scotland and they had some type of manufactured thing, not quite like boxable, but they were using it to start living in like these remote spots. And we've seen with COVID this huge disbursement from cities and now people working remote in this new kind of wave of what we expect to be the future of maybe I had this job in New York or LA or San Fran and now I live wherever and I'm working remote now. Do you see this maybe expanding that where these hard to reach areas where you could never get this oversized load down the small trail or the small whatever, they could now bring something like this out there to be able to use land that might have never been able to be used in the modern time because it was so far away, but now they can work there and get a dwelling there. Do you think that that will help expand that wave? Yeah, uh, it definitely opens up a lot of possibilities. Uh, For example, if you're in a more remote area, there's often much less labor. So therefore, building construction is way more expensive and difficult and and slow. Uh, With our system, uh, that would be, you know, less of an issue. So, you know, the goal for me is just uh, a massive scaling of this. So, you know, this factory we're in now, it's a pretty big, pretty big operation, but uh, the next level that I'm envisioning is much bigger. Uh, essentially, as, as soon as this building is up and running and proven, I'll be making the case for uh, uh, something way, way bigger. So this, for example, this is a $50 million factory. I'll be making the case for a multi-billion dollar factory because that's what we need. And I think we'll be able to kind right. of crush everyone uh, if we get to that level of scale, which just wasn't possible before. Right. That's awesome. So I guess like I, I have a couple of questions that people asked me before the interview, but then I definitely have some that I'd like to just ask you about getting into Boxable as well, if that's cool, Galliano. Yeah. So one person asked, this is someone who's actually planning on purchasing a unit. They were asking just because it's new to them and they just got like stuck on it and they're like researching it and they're like, oh my God, I'm so pumped about it. That's what hooked me into reading up on you guys, right? Because it's spreading. Yep. And they were asking... Just the way that this is pre-constructed, you even have it like pre-furnished, like you literally can walk into this and it's beautiful for people out there listening on podcasts. I will put links in and, and pictures and things like to go over and check out this thing because it's beautiful. What happens, I guess, like you were talking about the labor portion of it. What exactly happens if someone has like a water or electric or some type of repair that has to be done? This is a new way of construction. How do people interact with this structure in alterations for those other things that aren't like the beautiful aesthetic that you created? Yeah. So it's uh, not really that complicated or that different than any other kind of building construction stuff. Uh, The units are certainly very customizable. They'll be standardized at our factory, but they'll be customizable on site. Uh, You know, you can modify them and change them and cut holes in the wall. Uh, You know, you can repair the interior wall just with regular, like, you know, sheetrock mud. 
uh, oh. although there's not there's no sheetrock on our walls, but that that same kind of stuff will all work. Regular paint will, will can be applied. Uh, the electrical system is all housed in a series of kind of like tunnels and chases behind the wall. So you can just pop off the uh, light fixture and stick your arm in there and, and access all of that. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward and easy and, and simple. And we spent a lot of time trying to, uh, make it simple. Uh, and that was, that wasn't simple. <laughs> uh, not, not figuring making it simple. Wasn't simple, but now that it's simple, it's simple to, to attack that's what you're saying, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what a difference. And it's like, obviously like, you know, with a new, uh, technology, a new formation of something, there would be that. Uh, like fear of it, but it's like I'm sitting in here in an 1850s house here in Maine that yeah. it's like finding the wiring, finding the plumbing, finding anything in this house is the most complicated ever, even though this is the most traditional that we have, right? So it's like even with a newer technology for you, it's like you put in tension with exactly where everything's going to be at. You probably have easy ways that people can find all of those chases and tunnels. Whereas me, it's like, Someone could have put something in here a hundred years ago. And then I, I have no way of verifying why they did what they did. There was not the same intent that you probably uh, put into these types of things. So I imagine it's going to be a lot easier for people out there to do that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, trying to simplify and standardize a lot of things. And that makes a big difference uh, across the board. You know, for example, uh, right now, when you build a building, basically every building is kind of like a, a unique custom structure and it's built by right. just a random, a random guy who decided he could build stuff. And that's why there's like a lot of interactions with building departments as well, where they're, you know, on top of you making you do all these inspections and stuff because, you know, it's just not a standardized thing and it can be uh, much more standardized, much more simple. The quality can be, can be known and depended upon and, and there's just a lot of benefits to, to, to think. Right. I guess on that note, Galliano, cause even my wife and I here on the East coast, we're looking into like, we live in Maine, it's called vacation land. So it's like, there's a lot of people traveling here and they're really about the outdoors and things like this. There's remote experiences. So my wife and I are working on basically buying places that and putting different types of alternate structures and things that they can get away and immerse themselves in that area. What are you seeing in, I know that you, on a video I watched of you talking about California opening up to these accessory dwelling units, like substantially, but what are you seeing for trends in the government or some of those things that you're talking about for them looking at stuff? Do you see them easing up on allowing these accessory buildings like in the, the, the country or allowing this as like a, a unit, both I guess, government and finance for being able to purchase these units and place them where if I'm a millennial in debt and I want to buy my first house, right? And I'm like, hey, I could pay $50,000 for a casita and I'd be super happy there. What's it look like for that? Or do you see in, in that type of landscape for people being able to just choose this and set up houses and things like that? I know that we're really early in the game here, but what are you seeing in that landscape for people utilizing these things and alternative living models? Well, um, definitely lots of uh, progress on the, on the government front where they are trying to fix things and there's a big push for this. And a lot of people are campaigning on housing solutions and they're trying to open up zoning and they're allowing tiny houses and they're reducing 
setbacks on uh, restrictions on, on properties and uh, reducing minimum house sizes and just a whole bunch of different stuff going on all over the place. And it's all going kind of in the right direction uh, where they're trying to encourage more affordable housing. Our product specifically will go through the state modular programs. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. And, and because we have a building system, we can meet most zoning because we'll build with the different types of building that are appropriate for that area. Right. So it's not really that, that uh, bad to, to you know, build with our, our product. And we do go through the state modular program, which allows for the buildings to be kind of pre-approved at the state level. And it allows for the inspections to happen in our factory versus having inspections happen out in the field at, at multiple points with the local government. Wow. That's amazing. So basically, when it comes to that property, it's already gone through basically a homing a home inspection. Yep, exactly. That's amazing. That's like a, a headache. When you're talking about removing headaches, that's like an extra one where it's like literally getting approved before it's even arrived. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. You know, we live in a nanny state and it's unfortunate that the government doesn't just leave people alone because I think the world would be better off if they did same uh, in a big way, yep. um, but you know, a building, you know, you're, you have, you know, a building permit, you know, all these fees where they're just collecting fees just for the sake of giving someone a job to collect fees. And then, and then yeah. they have inspectors coming out like at multiple points, inspecting the electric, inspecting the foundation, inspecting all this stuff. Like, you know, people are just idiots and they're just going to like, collapse houses and, and that then that without these you know inspectors coming to save the day so right. the whole thing's just crazy um and uh, uh you know i think we'll our our system uh maybe creating like a a, a well-known uh a brand um where we're able to uh, be like the, the the name brand for housing maybe some maybe a lot of that stuff can be reduced uh once it's you know a big player where they have some you know, responsibility to, to, to do things, you know, the right way. And, and yeah. Right. Because like a lot of the pieces for boxable is taking a lot of the, you're like, listen, this is exactly how it's made. This is exactly where everything is. This, this is exactly how it meets code. This is exactly this. So then it's really just about you and your area figuring out how they're figuring out zoning of like, can this happen or not? And then the rest of it is just way easier, less questions because for me with this old house where I'm, I'm renovating this and to add, I'm changing accessory buildings into other functions. It's like every single thing is something that doesn't have any blueprints, any existing thing, any, anything. And it's just a nightmare scene of trying to figure out someone's opinion on some day of something working or not working. It's always like whatever happens in that moment of whether something's going to pass or not, or it's going to be okay for that purpose or not, but it's because it's not, a clean system like this, essentially. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So the last question that I have from someone else, and then I want to just know a little bit about you. And I know that we want to keep your time good, man. So I, I will ask a couple questions at the end. But someone was asking basically on the on the flip side of this, so more for you know Galliano and Paulo as entrepreneurs tackling something like this where you are dealing with all of these. Uh, intricacies of you know how this works in all of these ways. For those people that are going after all of these ways to solve housing crisis issues, to find alternative ways of living, 
what are some of the things if they were like, Hey, I have this great idea, like boxable, you know, not maybe the boxable cause you're already kicking butt out there. Right. But they have an idea. They're like, this is something I think could really help alternative housing. I know that uh, Paulo had the background in the, the pre-made housing. So you have a, a leg up there, but what would you say to some of these people that they're like, Hey, I have a great idea. And then they're like, nah, never mind," and, and they just don't even bother trying because they, they see the, the Goliath in front of them of things they need to figure out. What are some things you'd say like, Hey, these are some ways to assess whether this is going to make any sense at all for you to tackle or whether this is not really feasible or usable. Any ideas? Uh, you for know, them? I mean, maybe if, maybe if people are, are defeated that early on, they just shouldn't even bother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but if they're trying to figure out, if they are trying to figure out uh, what to do, uh, first of all, they, they have to know that um, going down a, a path of kind of being your own boss or doing your own business uh, is, is not easy. And there's a, there's a big risk there. And the reason people get jobs is to like eliminate uh, that risk. So right. it takes it takes an incredible amount of like perseverance to just keep going because things often don't work and they suck and it's <laughs> and it's really hard. You just feel like you're just bashing your head against a brick wall and not getting through. Right. You know, for for me uh, with this and then any other thing I've done, uh, it's just been a tremendous amount of learning. So, like for example, when we got started on this, uh, neither Paolo or I really had much experience with building instruction at all. Or knowledge on it. Uh, now, you know, a few years later, I'm, I'm an expert on it because I've spent so much time uh, researching. And um, you know, you got to kind of figure out what your your angle is on something, mm. um, and, and and chase it down. And and uh, you know, tremendous amount of, of research, tremendous amount of you know, googling stuff, YouTube, uh, tremendous amount of calling people and asking questions when I figured out something that seemed interesting or seemed like a possibility um, right. and just kind of building up all these, these ideas and, and trying to make uh, smart choices. Um, but it, you know, you can pretty much do anything you want to do in this, in this world. It's, it's pretty cool. We live in an amazing time. There's obviously a lot of challenges with the time, but like we live in a pretty incredible time to be alive right now for sure. Yeah. Definitely the, the best time in history where there's the most opportunities and technology and the least suffering, you know, through as there's ever been throughout history. And, you know, one thing that's weird is, is people don't really appreciate that because everything is like re relative. Like if you've never experienced something that is truly bad, you know, you might think things are, are worse than they are, you know? Right. So, so people, you know, often feel like, like, like entitled and, and that, you know, they're, they're, you know, suffering so much or things are so hard, but in the grand scheme of, you know, human history and everything that people go through, it's really not that bad. <laughs> right. We don't live in a, a time period where we get like, the, you know, I don't know, you get like a cut outside and then literally you die the next day because there's no solution to like figure it. You know what I mean? You die at like age two because there's no existence like we live in a pretty amazing society right now that there's yeah, still like, obviously there's still pain there's still stuff going on but at the end of the day it's like that floor has lifted in many many ways yeah like so like, if you want it to be if you wanted to be an entrepreneur in uh in america or take a risk or something you could basically lose everything you have and still survive because you're not going to starve to death you know 
uh, you're, you're not going to freeze. There's like services available. So yeah. you can really just like go all in and take huge risks because the, the downside is never really that bad. That's awesome. That's an awesome <laughs> statement to say. Yeah, for real. It's all based off of fear, basically, only. Um, let me see here. Oh, I saw like you were talking about how much you guys learned when you were getting into this. I saw a post that you did on like LinkedIn or, or Instagram or something, something that you posted where you were just getting this factory in, in uh, Nevada. And you said something about like, hey, I learned almost all of this on YouTube or something like that. Like what was that? Did, did that was that was what, what, what were you saying about that? Like what what did you did you learn like? the way that you're conducting this business, the way that this, obviously you're talking to professionals, you're talking to engineers. I'm sure you're talking to all these people that you're asking questions with, but like, tell me more about that statement that you made, because I, I love that. And I think it's really relevant to what we're talking about with the cost of living with the average American debt and things that are creating some of these housing issues. I also think there's a solution in some of the things that you're saying too. And in in these mindsets and these ways like that. What, what did you mean by that statement from that post? Yeah, I, I just meant that, you know, uh, really I, I didn't need anything to start with to, to get here. Um, it, it was like, you know, all the information is just available to you. Um, and, and maybe I was talking more about like formal education and, and college. It's yep. just kind of being like not necessary, um, you know, Anything you want to learn, it's there and it's free. So that's, you know, pretty, pretty cool. You know, it's, it's true. I, you know, this and other businesses I've, I've done, I didn't know anything about it when I started. I just had, you know, an idea or something I thought might make money or whatever. And then as I went forward, you know, I just, just figured it out. And uh, whether it was Google or YouTube or, or calling people or getting help, um, you know, there's been just a lot of uh, figuring stuff out. Uh, kind of on our own, and uh, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing that that's even possible, and the rate that it can happen with modern technology is incredibly fast. Right, because like I, I don't know too much about all of your uh, previous ventures, but I know that I think that this is the first factory that you've opened. It's like a fifteen million dollar factory before, right? It's not oh, like yeah. this is something that you just had in your back pocket of like, well, I've opened like fifteen of those before. It's like this is all new to you, and you just figure it out. Yeah, this um this is definitely the biggest project I've ever done. It's been incredible that we've been able to leverage everything and, and get here and uh convince this many people to be interested and and it all just just started, you know, uh with me just like, you know, searching stuff on my computer and and now we're here and was able to, you know, really leverage the the interest of people that um you know resulted in, in views through social media mm. and turn that into a huge amount of, of uh, resources like, you know, pre-orders for the product, uh, investments in the company, uh, people that wanted to work for us, people that wanted to be suppliers, people that want to do every single thing you can imagine relating to what we're doing. Uh, that's all come from, you know, social media marketing, basically, which I kind of just figured out at the beginning of this. Like when I started, I was trying to get like traditional press, like the news or whatever. And then uh, at some point I said, you know what, let me try to get one of these YouTubers to do a video on us. And it was a relevant channel about housing. And they did the video. Um, the, the girl just, she just wanted to do it. Uh, I didn't pay anything. 
And all of a sudden, you know, interest started to tick up and, and web views and inquiries. And, and I was like, wow, this is really powerful. So that I just kind of doubled down on that and kept, uh, uh, you know, chasing down uh, the, those ways to get in front of people, you know, uh, and it turned into millions of people uh, seeing uh, what we're doing. Um, and it was all just kind of like a grassroots effort. And then, you know, I, I, I leveraged that and, and built up the story and made grandiose claims and uh, continued developing the product. And, and that was getting better and better in the, in the background, and, you know, convinced someone to, to lease me this, you know, 170,000 foot building and uh, all this other stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing. One thing after another, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy, man. All right. So I know that we want to be cognizant of your time, man. And um, so I have like uh, maybe six questions that I usually end the podcast on, but is there any other things that you'd share with uh, creatives or entrepreneurs out there that maybe are, they're in the middle of their side hustle or they're in the middle of their idea? Is there any last advice that you'd give them of like, hey, do this thing or anything like that or something that worked for you to transition or go from even your earlier uh, things before boxable. Do you have any advice for those people of of what would work to keep to going after their thing? Well, um, you can fail many, many times, and you only have to succeed once to come out way ahead. So just keep going. Cool. I think that's fair, and that's like exactly what you were saying earlier. You're like failing isn't even that bad here. Like you're gonna have <laughs> food, you're gonna have shelter, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Things will definitely not be great, but you're going to be okay, right? You can do it again. And then if you win, you win big. So cool. All right. I've got six questions for you, my man. Then I'm going to let you out of here. And then I'm going to spread the word of Boxable on the East Coast here. You're down with that. (laughs) All right. So uh, first question would be, why do you wake up and do what you do every day versus any other thing that you could do? You know, your, your, your thing is about, you know, jobs and stuff. And it reminds me of when I was a kid and I was told like, Oh, you have to go get a job and like wake up every morning and do stuff for other people. Mm. And that was like a, a horrifying idea to me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and now, you know, I just do whatever I want and uh, wake up whenever I want. And uh, the things I do, I just really enjoy doing. And it's, it's very, I'm very motivated. And I, and I work every waking hour and I, I like doing that and it's enjoyable to me. And, and um, yeah, it's uh, definitely you know, I'm kind of just wired for it, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would be like, say you could take the lesson and give it to someone, which I know that you can't, like you were talking about earlier when you feel like real pain or something and you realize that, right. But say you could take a lesson that you learned, like what, and give it to someone, what would you say is like a thing that you were like, I'd rather not do this thing again. Like, Hey, five years ago, me don't do this thing. (laughs) Well, I can't say that there's anything that I would change because I wouldn't necessarily be here, uh, you know, if I went back and changed those things. So they all, you know, programmed me and, and trained me and, you know, the variables aligned and, and here I am. So, right. you know, I've, I've, frankly, I've had a lot of crazy stuff and, and problems in my past that, you know, most people would want to, you know, erase, but uh, I don't. <laughs> All right. So flip side, what's the best idea you've ever had or the best thing that you ever did? You were like, this was awesome. I wish I did this like five years ago. 
Um, well, you know, obviously basketball, but um, <laughs> there's been there's been a few um, like inflection points uh, where some you know stuff I've done has just worked out really well, and like every day I'll do stuff and have reasons behind it and try to achieve things, and you know most of it nothing comes of it, but sometimes like you know the result is is just like you know crazy. So you know for for the company here. You know, the uh, back when we started, we, we got invited to a trade show, which caused us to pull the trigger on actually building the first prototype. That was big. We uh, we got the the uh, order from the government. Uh, that was the result of me taking, you know, 10, 20 phone calls a day for years and years now is where it's been. And, and one of those just happened to be a guy who uh, was really from the government and really had potential to spend millions of dollars on the product and uh and, and that that happened and huge then uh at, at a certain point you know we were decided to do crowdfunding and that has worked out so incredibly well you know really grateful that i didn't ever go with any other investors to fund the company and, and we did crowdfunding instead because it was just so much better um and then an, another thing was um just the fact that we decided to kind of go big in this big first factory building here. Um, we made the case for that and uh, versus starting in a much smaller operation because, you know, we've only built three of these houses, <laughs> but now we're in this, this monster facility. Uh, so, so that was pretty cool. And there's a few others I can't really mention, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, uh, it's been a wild ride. Awesome. <laughs> I bet, man, there's a lot that happens in the, uh, the journey of it. Uh, so what would be like a resource that you'd recommend or resources could be like your favorite, uh, like book, podcast, video, movie, anything out there. Is there any resources you recommend to people could be specific to this type of thing or outside of it doesn't matter. As far as resources, one thing that's been incredibly helpful to us is this website upwork.com, which allows you to hire people from all over the world or in a lot of cases, dirt cheap to do anything you could imagine, mostly like web and software development, but other stuff too. Uh, it's pretty cool because, you know, you, you can go on there and, and post any job you want and, you know, find someone for like $3 an hour that will do it. So, you know, Amazing. back when, when we didn't have a lot of money to start this, you know, we used that resource and built a lot of this stuff on the back of that uh, people we found on that website, which was great. That's awesome. That's really cool because obviously that resource people have access to, and it sounds like it was able to get you really far for what you were able to do with it. It did. Yeah, it's great. Great. So uh, this question is a new question. You're the, you're the first person to have this in the last one. So uh, started this just with you. How's that? Yep. All right. Uh, what would you say that your superpower is, man? Like in terms of like the boxable family, what makes <laughs> Galliano? Galliano, like what, what is that for you? Just like brute force determination and just not giving up and not stopping. 10 to 20 calls a day for years. Yeah. You you have to work harder than everyone else. That's the only way to get ahead. You you just have to. Absolutely believe it. Last one would just be like, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes, but like, where do people keep up with Boxable or you or any of these things like that? I'll pop that right in the show notes for people. Yeah, thank you. Uh, please check out the website, boxable.com. Lots of info on there. Uh, we, we continue to uh, 
post updates of the factory as we go along on, on Instagram and TikTok and all that. And we do an occasional uh, longer, you know, kind of update video on, on, on YouTube. Uh, so we're, we're keeping everyone posted and please submit your emails on, on the website so we can update you uh, occasionally with our progress too. Awesome. And what, what is the deal with this unicorn back there? Is that because Boxable is the unicorn of housing? <laughs> That is why people keep giving me unicorns. <laughs> I've got a few more actually. <laughs> a, a unicorn, you know, is a billion dollar company. So, you know, that's, that's the goal. Actually, that's not even the goal anymore. It's much bigger than that now. <laughs> that's right. It's about an idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go, but thank you for jumping on here randomly on uh, the nighttime to podcast and share about Boxable. I'm pretty excited if my friends are going in on this thing to get this over here on the, the East Coast and rep over here, man. I'm excited for yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for having me and have a good night. You too. Thank you, Galliano. Mm-hmm.